Hey, everybody. Welcome to Giant Bomb Presents. I am Austin Walker, and joining me again for the second time is Heather Alexandra. Welcome, Heather. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this again and, and for writing uh, about The Division and, and kind of more broadly about this one specific sort of power fantasy uh, for the website this, this uh, week. Uh, really happy to have that piece on the site. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are giving me more opportunities to uh, to write. I love the Giant Bomb community. Yeah, you, the, it seems like the first piece you wrote was really well received, and um, I was really happy to see you like commenting and chatting with people, and that's been really great. So I'm, again, really thrilled to have you back, uh, especially to, to write about The Division, which is a game that I, I think has kind of dominated a lot of the podcast's conversation over the last couple of weeks because it's such a weird little thing, or not little thing, big big in terms of just the amount of, of work hours that went into it and the amount of like what its what its disappointments are, what its ambitions are. It's just it's a big object to talk about. Um, so I'm thrilled to have your perspective on, on it for the site. So uh, thanks again for writing it. Yeah. No, The Division is... It's both this really fun thing to sit down for and play for like 30 minutes. And then like if you play longer for that, it starts to get really uncomfortable and really strange. But it's it's so strange to me because it wants to it wants to try and comment on things. And Mm -hmm. then with its mechanics, it does like almost the complete opposite of some of the things it wants to comment upon, like completely 100 percent the opposite. Right. Like there's that there's there was that quote going around from Nick Capizzoli's review of the game which was one of the developers basically saying like, oh, like we really wanted to make a game where, you know, the, the, the division agents, they're volunteers. They're, they're out there trying to do what's best for, for everybody. And, uh, and that means like, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to shoot people. They, you know, they, they want to just make things better for everybody. And like, really? Cause like the game you made is one in which everybody gets shot, you know? I can give people water bottles. That's true. Uh, <laughs> you could, you, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a not a risk reward, but a um, a resource management thing, right? Do you give somebody the water bottle so that they'll maybe give you a hat, or do you save that water bottle so you can get extra damage against elite enemies? Yeah, a little bit. There's a, a lot of that. And the thing about the division too is that it wants to place you in these really big shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of like we're talking about right now, like there's no way for me to properly like. Or not properly, but at least use my power and my authority in different ways. Um, right. So, like, this is the the kind of crux of the argument you put forward in the in the piece is that you're not just a powerful hero in this game. Um, it's it's you're a very specific, your power comes from a very specific place. It comes from your authority. It comes from the fact that you don't only not only can you do violence really well, not only are you really strong, but also you have been been given the the legitimate authority from the government to go exercise that power, which is a different fantasy than something even like Ubisoft's Watch Dogs, in which the character that the players uh, play as is just a vigilante, right? Like that power that that is a, the fantasy of like having a lot of power and doing quote you know what what you think needs to be done even though the police you know will go after you for it or or whatever this fantasy is different like this is this is it's a tom clancy game right so like this is the fantasy of doing the the thing that needs to be done and quote unquote and also being able to do it legally right and uh, it's very hard to parse the comment that you said from the developer and sort of what the game presents. Right. Because if the developer is saying, hey, this is just, these are people going out there to help other people, sure, that's all nice and well and good. But 
when you get down to what the division is, the division isn't necessarily even in the city to help people. It's there to preserve and maintain the continuation of like government. Right. It's not even it's not even there to really help the people who are just on the street. I mean, you get to with your base, but it's really just there to be like, well, there's chaos. We need to bring that bring, back bring, order. bring that to heal, right? So that was that was for me one of the most frustrating bits was like there's this disconnect between what I'd not only hoped I could be doing, but I saw some like every now and then you'd walk past a place where, oh, like this was clearly a place where early refugees of this violence or not violence, but uh, of this disease were trying to live and like it was abandoned. And it was clear that whoever did the art design for this one little place, you know, downtown or whatever, uh, had something in mind that was very human. But then the missions were very rarely like, I want to go help the people who are in these places. I want to go help the people who are in the train yards. Right. So much as like, oh, I need to go take something from them. Or my least favorite one is there's a mission where you have to go to Times Square and uh, we should talk right up front. Like, uh, we're going to speak frankly about this game. Um, I don't think that the plot is necessarily something that can be that that is super important. So if you're you're worried about, but if, but if you're worried about spoilers, I'm I don't think we're going to have a a spoiler free discussion here. No, um, no, so all. so heads up uh, right away because there's definitely stuff I I want to speak openly about with with you. Yes. Um, so you go to Times Square and the mission there is like turn the lights in Times Square back on, right? Like, and it's supposed to be to restore presumably power to part of the city and yet here we are what you're really lighting up is just this big symbol of like you're lighting up something symbolic even right. though the game doesn't make it explicit I that think that's I, what you're doing if you go i think there's dialogue in that mission that does even make it uh, symbolic or it does yeah. make it explicit where they say like oh you've you've you know you didn't just reroute power you 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 know uh, uh relit hope for these people or something like that sort of to where it's not ju- which is which i don't think is true right like i think that that that's a bit that that's frustrating is like actually what i want the people who do have legitimate authority who who are supposed to be the the kind of the willing flesh of the populace right like the people who are there to represent the 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 needs of the people i do want them to restore power <laughs> that's the thing that's important that's the thing that actually affects the people who are in a crisis situation when hurricane sandy hit the eastern seaboard i didn't want like someone to go rebuild the ferris wheel at the new jersey you know shore i wanted them to help rebuild the roads um yes. And and there is you know it's tough to to unpack that stuff uh, and and to at once I think as a as a writer maybe try to to leverage the like the kind of common military you know uh, cliches of like oh you want to bring hope to the hopeless and stuff like that with the actual goal of what of what someone who has that power is which is like supposed to be almost infrastructural you know. The game wants to posit this sort of egalitarian idea of what it takes to restore order and how to present power in a way that's responsible to help, you know, society. But with the Times Square example, also, like, it's it chooses Times Square out of all the things that you could be resto- restoring power to. It chooses that. And Times Square as a symbol isn't necessarily a symbol of, like, complete egalitarianism no. it's associated with capitalism and Brands. entertainment and industry and all these other things that are not necessarily like apolitical concepts right and are are, are not stand-ins like even putting your politics aside like people don't live at times square right no. like, times square is a consumer it's not even a new york cons- like a new yorker consumer destination people in new york city don't go to times square very often and anytime you have to be there it's kind of like 
uh, like I have to pass through this space. It's not like it's not even like. So, for instance, there's another place in that in that game, uh, which is um, Union Square, which is a, a park down on 14th around 14th Street. Um, and this game takes place in in the holiday season. Um, and most of that park has been converted to being like a, a, a you know off brand FEMA um, like crisis center or something. But the thing that's frustrating as someone who's from New York is actually around the holidays, Union Square is this like really quaint little like um, village of excuse me local shops. People add these like kiosks throughout the the southern end of the park that you walk through, and you can get snacks, and you can shop for like little tchotchkes and like st- stocking stuffer style gifts for people around the holidays. And like, I was so shocked that that wasn't there because that is actually one of the places where it is both commercial and but also very local. Um, uh, this is like a I'm not I'm not saying I would have d- dinged the game points for this but i'm saying that it, it, <laughs> it if you needed to have a space that was commercial but also still reflected that this was something that that was symbolic for the people of a place there were other possible places besides macy's besides you know off-brand fake video game macy's besides Times square um but also i get it you're making a game for people who don't know anything about new york i guess i guess i don't know yeah and the game's idea of what sort of constitutes community is like it has upsides where it does all of the stuff that happens inside your base yeah. and people go in there but then like so this community builds inside your base as you keep on upgrading it and you can do medical wings and mm-hmm. provide basic facilities and things like that but then you're almost completely isolated from this community in the sense that you don't get to interact with them in any way at totally. all totally you get to talk to the people. So for people who haven't played this game, you know, the kind of meta structure of progress in this game isn't just that you could experience points for yourself. As you complete missions, you're rewarded with points that then you can put into different parts of your base. Um, and, and when you do that, you do unlock special abilities for yourself. So it's almost as if you, when you level up, your base is leveling up or you choose to put those points into different facilities, which in turn give you often random and completely disconnected powers right like if you upgrade your um your your you know lighting capacity or something your 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 sticky bomb gets to explode better right like it's often a really weird disconnect um but but and as you do that like like heather was saying you get more people who just show up you know into the base and do things like play music and like play pretend and watch they kind of sit in the, there's a back corner where they sit to like yeah, watch they sit a, there and sort of like watch movies and except that stuff. I don't think there are any movies. Did, did you ever get a movie playing on that screen? <laughs> no, not really. It was no. always just like static the whole game. I kept expecting like, oh, I'm maybe I'll repair a satellite dish and then they can start watching Christmas movies or something. That does not happen. It's just no. twelve people on folding chairs watching a screen of static. Um, but they're they're, but, they're really bored. But, they have nothing else to do. That's fair. I, I found one guy who was reading like a book about deck building or something. Um, and and the point that you make is that there is this clean divorce between them and you. Like there is no talking to that guy about the, the deck he wants to build. Well, like um, – and here's the thing too. Consider the structure of, a, of an MMO and one of the basic things you mm. do in an MMO, almost the thing you exclusively do in MMOs to progress, um, at least PvE-wise, yeah. is you like – you get quests from people. From people, not just this kind of abstract – like a dispatcher tells you that there is um, a, exactly a thing going it's right on. there in the structure, and the game completely yeah. misses the opportunity to use the structure. You know, like that formal aspect of 
the game of what it means to be sort of an MMO loot shooty RPG mm-hmm. type thing. That's an and interesting. It, it difference. just ignores it. That's a really actually fascinating difference between this model of of MMO. The division Destiny does is very similar in that those are not missions where you go and talk to people in the world. You get quests from a dispatcher who calls you. In in Destiny, obviously the the main. I mean, you, you get some story missions from people in Destiny, but I uh, the kind of like stuff that's just in the world like the patrols in destiny excuse me or the um the the side events that happen in the division it's both just like oh someone calls you and says hey we go over there and do a thing really quick right um and the people who call you in the division are also just like these very bad caricatures of various new yorker stereotypes like I guess. each of the people that you get from a safe house like there's the guy who who's like a failed actor yes. and and all this other stuff it's so bizarre like everything he has to say so so basically you go to these safe houses and there's like a con a, a uh, like a joint uh task force agent there yeah, who some sort call of coordinator you, right and say oh hey we need these supplies go get those supplies but also here's my like two sentence cl- add on to that 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 shows that i'm an actor or i'm in the mafia or i'm very mean or i'm very spiritual and like it's just it's all like the most i don't know it's it, that stuff is so frustrating because when you're in so a thing that happened recently is uh uh i was talking to to some of the people on the beast cast i think it was jeff Backlar was mentioning this that he had a friend come into town and who told him that the pretzels in New York, the hot pretzels on, that you get from like a street vendor are terrible. And we had this talk in which I realized that like, of course you could get a bad hot pretzel in New York. Of course you could. There's going to be a bad one. You know, in a, in a set of a million pretzels, there's going to be a couple of bad pretzels. Um, but it, it's, it's a shame that you would get the bad pretzel and then think, oh, New York has bad pretzels. Um, because it actually has really good pretzels. Uh, it actually has a lot of people in it that are fantastic and that are not just like this, this kind of shitty, um, boilerplate version of what a character is. New York has a ton of character in it. Uh, and, and to miss the opportunity of showing that actual side of New York is to, to undermine the entire reason why you use New York in the first place for me anyway, right? It's not just the architecture. It is the architecture, but it's not just the architecture. It's not just the brands. It's also the, the people that are in it that, sh- that when they're just reduced to, oh, this guy sounds like he's in the mafia, like, why did you even set your game in New York at that point if that's I mean, the best you're going to do? There's multiple reasons why it's explicitly sort of well, – Set in New York, there's a lot of mm. reasons for that. I mean, just alone the imagery that it evokes based on terrorism in the modern day age, like totally. that's the city to choose. But it does want to go for that melting pot thing. But in trying to do so, it it almost overcompensates. It makes people too broad to the point that they're not believable or that they're actually even actively annoying to engage with. <laughs> yes. You're never like, oh, I can't wait to get another mission from this this cool NPC ever. No, never. Um, and and for that matter, we should actually at least briefly talk about. So you know the the thing that you that we talk about again is that like you are positioned as as uh, an actor of legitimate violence of, of legitimized violence, um, and the people that you enact that violence on, the people that you go and shoot, um, and and that all the you know the the tactical incursions that you go on are against this this set of four different groups um, who also kind of provide a bit of of what the flavor is right like they also not just the flavor but like they understanding who they are is necessary in understanding 
what the what the game suggests the role of peacekeepers are right like who is it that you're keeping peace against or 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 what is the chaos that you need to cut out and push away to reclaim new york Um, so a, a good example of that and this is going to be weird because i don't think that they are a particularly likable group of people mm-hmm. um it's the cleaners yeah it's it's the sanitation workers yes so what am i doing i mean let's talk about it in broad terms to sort of get it on that political level what is one of the factions that i'm taking on who are they exactly well they're sanitation workers that have risen up and taken it upon themselves to restore society yes except Great, they're taking that initiative. Granted, they're doing it wrong. They're running around with flamethrowers and, and just burning like burning, burning everything yeah. down. But who's the one who gets to come in and correct them? It's me as le- the you know the legitimate government agent who then shoots and, them. And like that's yeah, solution. my solution is just like it's not like trying to be like, hey, we can sort of combine resources or something. It's no, you guys don't have the authority I do. Therefore, I'm going to shoot you in the gas tank and watch you explode. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's that is kind of the thing that is uh, we talked about again on the Beastcast a couple of weeks ago where where I said that um, I felt like each of the four groups, the four enemy groups in this game represented a kind of whatever whatever anxiety you have about America. It's in there. If you're afraid of, quote unquote, rioters, people wearing hoods uh, and we could spend all day unpacking that. Um, oh then, then, then the rioters, the, there's a group called the rioters who do not seem to have any coherent organization, who don't seem to have any coherent ethos, um, but, but are just this kind of blob of violence. They're there for you. If that's the sort of thing that you're afraid of, uh, if you're afraid of, of the bureaucratic workers who, who, uh, you know, go beyond what, what their authority is. If you're, if you think that like a big government is a problem, the cleaners are that for you, right? If you're afraid, uh, they're also though, the, the, if you're afraid of like the religious right, if you're afraid of like people who are too extreme, they're the cleaners are there for you too. Like there's, there's, uh, all the way down through from the, the prisoner group called the Rikers through the last man brigade, which is like the PMC meets, uh, a, a military group. Like, and that speaks to another anxiety too, which is, I mean, I think originally they were brought into the city to protect the assets of like wealthy yes. people in Wall Street. Totally. So that's another thing too. It speaks to the anxiety of big business. And which, which, like, I, that's a pretty effective way to do it. And that's one of the few times maybe it feels like there's something well, more going on the, to the game. The thing but that's the, the thing. The thing that ends up frustrating me is is that when you do that scattershot attempt, nothing coherent ever emerges from it. You know? Right. You st- you just sort of throw things on the dartboard and whatever. You hit, you hit, mm-hmm. and then whatever you miss. And sometimes you miss really wide. You throw a dart and it goes across the room and hits somebody in the eye. Right. Sometimes you have like uh, someone saying like, I'm just another black body on the, on the, in the streets. Yep, the, Riker, the Rikers boss fight. Yeah. And I think you mentioned that on the Beastcast or something like yeah. that. But it's, and that's another case where its rhetoric isn't quite in line with its mechanics, right? right. Why bring up this, you know, the Black Lives Matters rhetoric if, if I, if, the only thing I can do is, is shoot my way out of here. I don't arrest a single person in the division. <laughs> right. Let I don't, alone, like, let alone take them in. build, like you said before, with the cleaners. You're never building uh, any sort of um, uh, not just allegiance, but 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 uh, coalition stuff. Like you're not you're not there to rebuild anything other than your home base, right? Like you're not really there's the because the player is limited to shooting. That means that the solution to to every problem is a bullet, and and that's a very specific, unnuanced look at the way crisis and crises can be can yeah. be addressed. And I and, let's be clear, like I, 
you, you and I both understand that what that team knows how to make is a shooter and and that that's what they're that's what they are gonna make is a shooter. But if I, think I wanted the, to judge it just on the competency of its like gameplay or something, totally. the division is a perfectly competent game. Right. They're good cover mechanics. I, I think that some of the I think that some of the powers are pretty cool. I actually, I actually think even as a purely mechanical level, I think that some of like the passive powers just aren't that interesting. Um, but but you're right. Like I think that that if we just wanted to do that, but that's not all it is, right? Like it it is also this political work that that ties into a lot of like I said, a lot of the anxieties we have and a lot of the the desires that we have as as players. Um, do you think this game would be different if you were not just the division that what if you were not what if you were just a survivor who was doing this stuff it was more like a fallout situation yeah if it was fallout or maybe like a, a rust type deal or something mm. although that's sort of what the dark zone is but not entirely um it changes things to a certain extent but then we get into a different type of power fantasy that still involves like social structures which is now you are granted unlimited authority because there is no authority to which you answer to right so it happens it one of two things happens, and the division has its cake and, and eats it at the same time. It's either you are invested with legitimate authority and therefore can do whatever you like, or there is no more legitimate authority left and therefore you can do whatever you please. Right, right, which is the dark zone, right? Like in the dark zone, there is no legitimate authority. You're cut off from, from everything else. Um, I almost wish there was more of that in the rest of the game in, in some sense where – you know, if you and I were playing in the dark zone right now together in a party, and we came across another party of three people. Oh, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. But <laughs> no? also, but also, I'm not yet shooting them. Right? No? My my oh my first reaction is like the there was a, a really good series of posts by Christopher Livingston, who I think is at PC Gamer now, called um, or was, I think it was a Tumblr called Hey Are You Cool, which was about uh, his time playing um, DayZ, where. That was like what you said when you came across somebody and Daisy was like, hey, are you cool? Like, are we or is this going to be bad for one of us right now? Uh, and and it has that in the dark zone where there is this tension and you're not sure what's going to happen. And none of that comes out into the single player part of the game because anybody you see who is not a civilian who is just marked as a civilian because I guess your your heads up display just knows who is good and who is bad. Yeah, it knows the difference between the good riders and just the simple common looters who are trying to get by. I guess so. Right? Yeah, people who are trying to get into cars, that's okay. People who are in electronic shops, that's not okay. No, don't touch. That's my iPad. <laughs> right. What are you doing? I, I need those electronics to upgrade my explosives. Um, I wish there was any of that. I wish there were moments when it was like. Hey, are you cool with NPCs? I think that would go a long way to to even if all I could do is shoot, even if it was just like, can do I shoot these people or not? The like option to identify people who are who are not here to kill me, who are just here, who are also just trying to survive, would at least add a, a degree of humanity to those situations. Yeah, and it's the thing that that scenario the whole scenario that the game is predicated upon outlandish as it is is one that would be fraught with all sorts of strange nuance and considerations if it was happening for real right but to have those nuances and considerations one it undermines the fundamental power fantasy of the game which is also not strangely but characteristically involved with like acquisition of um resources yeah. and just you use them like you don't get to use like you i don't get to take electronics and give them to someone else right. so it undercuts that 
And then it also just undercuts the mechanics itself. If the game added any more nuance, then the core mechanic, the core interaction of going around and shooting, that gets called into question. And you can't have that in a game that that is, you know, that's sprawling because the game it wants to do what Destiny does, but mm-hmm. Destiny gets away with it because you're shooting space aliens. Right. And I think here's the other reason Destiny gets away with it is because from the jump it separates you from what is presumed to be the living world of civilians, right? Like you live in the tower in Destiny and you can look down and see what the the city below. You never go there. And I've always actually hated that you don't go there because I would love to see that that part of the world. But because there is that divorce, it means that you're only ever reporting to people in this like this semi-military uh, organization, right? You're, yeah. you're only ever involved at that side of things and it can convince you in a sense that you're doing everything that you do for the people down there. It's a very, you know, it's a very basic uh, uh, metaphor, but it's also a very clear and, and, and clean one. Whereas here, because you're mingling in that same space, because you walk around where the people are reading books about how to deck build because they have nothing else to do with their life when they while waiting for the crisis to pass, like to then not have me interact with those people to then have me only be able to commit violence and and or give someone a candy bar for those to be the two sorts of activities I can do like that's such a limiting thing and and it's it's especially frustrating here because unlike in Watch Dogs unlike in so many other games in which the the fantasy is I'm the lone vigilante here the fantasy is I'm supposed to be helping people that is the part of the fantasy that that I can't that I would love to see a game dig into uh, instead of just I'm the I'm the one with the gun and the license to kill. I mean, I mentioned some things in the piece that I wrote that sort of get to it. Sleeping Dogs is such a damn good example of a game that really mm. wants to wrestle with the ideas of like what it means to be someone with authority. Um, but even then, it's Can, still fairly broad because it falls into like a semi-binary morality system of like this is your good cop option, this right. is your bad cop option. Yeah. But at least it's making you consider that, which and, is and, better than anything that the division does. It's also great. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is also great because you're constantly dealing with people across both of those lines and and not only dealing with them in terms of what their um what their criminal or 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 uh uh you know jurisprudence uh parts of their lives are right like it's not just i am talking to cops about cop stuff i'm talking to criminals about crime stuff it's like oh this game has a has has a, a wedding in it this game yeah. is is about the like the family structure of of this family. This game has like kind of shitty dates in it, but there are dates in it in which you know you you hang out with these characters and just do stuff. Um, and having that perspective on all of that stuff, all of those activities means that like when it is time to do cop or or triad stuff, like you have a better understanding of the world that that stuff takes place in and you're invested in it not only to like make the bars go up, not only to, to gain the experience points and get a new, you know, sweet roundhouse kick, um, but also because it's like, I want to be in that world. I want to like hang out with, with uh, this rad lady who chopped off that dude's hand that time, you know? Yeah, and it's, I mean, I almost feel like I have to make a qualifier here and it's, it's just to say that what I'm talking about when I say that the division doesn't necessarily give me the type of interactions I want. It's not me sitting down playing Doom and saying, well, I want to talk to the monsters, right? That <laughs> great, wonderful quote. Um, Is that, wait, was that from something? Is that? There's a, I think it's a PC Gamer review okay. way back when that came out. And um, one of the lines is, if only you could talk to the monsters, which, oh fine, great sentiment, but you're playing Doom. You're not going right. to be able to talk to the monsters, but Doom's in this weird space that the Division isn't in, obviously. Right. The Division wants to 
presumably at least concern itself with ideas of society and then community and or, sort of give you the chance to really weave those things together. But even it if it just never it, clicks, it never happens. Even if that's not what it wants to do, it does do that, right? Like I think that that's an important... Yeah, that's true too. Games sort of take on actions and intents that go far beyond anything the creators ever could even think of. Exactly. So even if that wasn't the thing that the developers wanted, it is dealing with questions of community and survival. And so it has not a responsibility necessarily. It has an opportunity to speak to those things. Yes, and so that's well put. Once that opportunity is there, I think it's fair to cr- criticize that it failed to live up to that opportunity. In the same way that I think that it failed to live up to having interesting passive abilities. Like that's, I think both of those things are like, oh, you had a system here or you had a story here in which you could have succeeded in this, in this way. You didn't succeed in that way. You know, on top of that, I, I will say again, I'm, I'm just going to read this quote that I mentioned way earlier. Yeah, um, Nick's quote. Yeah, yeah. Or it's not yeah, Nick's. Yeah. It's actually from Nick quoted it in his in his review of the game, um, which is just over on his Patreon. Uh, but but also, uh, it's actually a quote from David Polfelt, who is the managing director of Massive Entertainment at Ubisoft. Massive is who designed the division. Yeah. Um, quote. The agent's job is not to kill people. His job is to save people, actually. So, sure, there will be lots and lots of action in this game and cool destruction and everything you want from a shooter. Behind that, there's always a layer of shooting is not the answer, actually. If the agents could choose, they would not shoot anybody. That's really why they're there. Um, Which just... But we can't choose. Right, We just can't choose. And what's amazing here is that, like... the, The, like, if the agents could choose line... Said, said so many messages, right? Like, on one level, it's it's if the agents could choose to not shoot, they wouldn't, but they can't. They're, they're shooting in self-defense. On the other level, it's obviously if the agents could choose not to shoot, we would have had to have programmed in conflict resolution mechanics beyond shooting, and that's a whole, it's a whole open can of worms. Right. But there's also this, just this, like, that is, what he is saying there is when the division, if the division succeeds, there won't be any shooting in Manhattan anymore. Yeah, and it's the thing. The game doesn't want you to... I keep on saying it's the thing. It's a quirk of mine. That's fine. It's, the game doesn't really want society to come back because if it does, then the game's over. Right. Then, the, then, then Manhattan has survived and there can't be a raid in two months. Yeah, right? and games are super existentially threatened because the only way that games exist is when we play them. So a game like The Division, it's going to try and keep that cycle of violence churning and churning and going and going because if that cycle of violence stops then the game like as an entity like if we want to personify it to a large extent it it dies right the game just completely dies i think that's i think that that is both i think that that's true to some degree i do um i think that you're i i think that you're right there in that that is why the division will never Manhattan will always have the dollar flu, or at least until they launch a game that takes place in a new city, which will have some new crisis. Yes. Um, but I think they're actually going to stick with New York for quite some time. Um, but there is a thing games can do, which is be incoherent in, in beautiful ways. You could have finished the division and the world could have been safe. And also you could let me go into the dark zone because it's a video game. Um, uh, that sounds absurd. But, like, games do this all the time. When I beat Mass Effect 3, I could still load up my Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. 
Uh, and that wasn't there was no dissonance there for me. Like some some of that is just a natural consequence of the Tom Clancy brand. Like it totally. pr- it prides itself on verisimilitude. So it just it's not going it, to go down that road. Except that it does in all these other ways. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, the thing. No, that's, yes, yes. It's it's games are often incoherent. It's a question of which incoherence do they choose? Um, and, and I I again like maybe this is this probably like I just beat Dark Souls three. I can still go into any boss fight in Dark Souls three in the multiplayer, right? If I if I go to somebody's uh, if I go sure. enter a summon sign, right? I can still do a million things in that game that. Let me tell you, the world after the ending of Dark Souls 3, and this is true for all of the Dark Souls games, the world after the ending of a Dark Souls game is not the world before the ending, but it plops you back in the game, and people are fine with that. Like, no one says, well, this game doesn't make any sense. But the second that there is, the, you know, this point of critique brought to a game like this, you'll see it in the comments where people say, well, it wouldn't make sense if you saved the day and then also got to keep shooting people in the multiplayer parts of the game. Um, and I just like, I feel like that is a, this, this strange devotion to, to realism in a game that is actually not concerned in, in being realistic about people. Um, so like, I just, I wish that games are willing to be a little incoherent in the places where it mattered most, uh, it, it, they didn't need to be complete packages all the time. Um, if that makes any, any sense at all. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not going to go over it too much, but, but there's Clintogging, the Mm-hmm. Guy who came up with the term ludo narrative dissonance also has something that he calls dynamics, which are basically just the ways that things sort of interact and create moments, right? Mm-hmm. The same way that editing in a film can sort of have the same effect. He talks about the Kuleshov effect, which is, you know, I have one picture and then I cut to another. And because I had the first p- picture, I have an association on the on right. the other one. Games have dynamics that interact in similar ways all the time, Right. Moments that happen before another that feed into another that build into a larger, possibly cohesive whole, or in the case of what you're saying, an incoherent whole. And the division doesn't really have a lot of dynamic moments, by which I mean there are not moments where the systems or the mechanics or the structure of the world are actually creating moments that have any suitable weight or meaning. Right. Can you give us an example of something that does succeed at that so that the audience and, and, and you know, just illustrate it for me. Okay. When something um, does work, I know this is like a hard thing to pull out of your head immediately. No, cause I mean, I can go back to the example that Clint gave. He did this in a GDC talk and I wish um, that I don't know if it's available to, to everybody or not, but he, he talks about, I think Ben Abraham when he was playing Far Cry two, mm-hmm. right. And one of the things you do in Far Cry two is, you know, one of the big features in that was fire spread in the grass. And so there's this moment I, I think Ben was talking about where he shoots somebody in the grass and they fall into the grass and he can't find the body, <laughs> but but he can still hear the, the sort of screams and the moaning of pain, right? So it's this body that's inside the grass and you can't hear it and you just sort of hear like, oh, God, God, or some real pained noise or something like that. And the thing that Ben does is that he takes a Molotov cocktail and throws it into the grass and lights the grass on fire Mm -hmm. and then finally he can hear the guy scream and die and that is a moment that has a lot to say um a moment that isn't structured intentionally not scripted no one no one said oh i know what a good interesting moment about mortality and violence and war would be we'll make it so someone's hurt in the grass it just the the mechanics came together in that way to produce that effect Right. It's this confluence of many different things interacting with each other that brings about, for lack of a better term, emergence. Right. And 
in a game that's concerned with violence, like Far Cry 2 is super concerned with violence. Mm-hmm. It's it's obsessed with it. It's Spec Ops the line before Spec Ops the line got even more explicit with its jo- <laughs> with its jo- Joseph Conrad stuff. Right. Um, but the mechanics in that game create created a moment where it can actually comment upon war without like baking it into the narrative. And the thing that happens in the division is that one, you don't ever have any of those moments. And if you even do vaguely have those moments, they don't point towards any type of actual critique. They almost point towards a certain type of celebration of certain facticities that people mm. might have. It's really uncomfortable. So do you think that, you know, we, we talked a little bit briefly about the last man brigade being maybe one space in which that does kind of happen. Uh, the last man brigade is the, is the kind of big final enemy type that you that you go against uh and it's a combination of like a private military group which i forget the actual name i think that's the actual last man brigade and also members of the first wave of the division yeah and so once you get to that part where you understand that it's members of the first wave of the division i think the value of the last man battalion starts to fall apart oh really Uh, sort of right like it should have in in my mind at least like just have it be a private military force mm. that is protecting like wall street, street bat cats right like i don't necessarily need the greater conspiracy of like oh this rogue agent then turned all these right. other so, ones so, who interacted with these people who spread the virus like the, like the, that's the bit that i don't like i don't like that it becomes this conspiracy story n- of no like, I, I don't really rogue. need the thriller stuff the stuff that all. i the stuff that i the thing that i was really hopeful for was that it would be that they would at least try the spec ops the line thing. There was a moment there where what I really wanted this game to do was like you get to the last man brigade's base and it's just your base, but in a different building, right? Like <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, they're the other violent faction who's cut off from communications and is also like killing people to try to to try to quote unquote bring order to this place. And I think there's a version of it in which the the division first wave is is part of that that would work actually fairly well at becoming a critique of the sort of activity you've done but maybe it's still a hollow critique since it's still the only activity you can do right um i think there's there's i you know i'm playing armchair designer here but like imagine the game in which the second act wraps with you meeting the last man brigade um fighting them realizing that they're deploying the same tactics that you are because when you first fight the last man brigade i think that's actually one moment in which things are really cool is that like oh wow they are using literally the seeker drone that i have these are yes. they're literally using the powers that i have against me and are also using cover in a, in a more dramatic and and clever way than other enemies like that moment is actually really fantastic and imagine the game in which that happens and then you go Oh, maybe it's time to reevaluate how we're going about taking New York back, right? Like, furthermore, if you add in the whole thriller conspiracy of like, who did this, and oh, it was rogue division agents, and this and this, um, it sort of undercuts the impact of the inciting incident, which is the spread of the dollar flu and mm. this terrorist attack. Um, terrorist attacks in real life can't really be easily solved in terms of like the dynamics that bring them up around like it's it's a complicated and really gross and terrible thing that happens and sometimes acts of violence don't make sense sometimes there's not an answer and the division would almost be more powerful if it wasn't concerned with giving me an answer and just told me that sometimes violence and bad things happen right it isn't just like the the doctor who was obsessed with mother nature quote-unquote like but was just a thing it was just a you know it's not as simple as finding that one person no never yeah that's that's 
<sighs> but again, Tom Clancy, right? Like it's yes. uh, Tom Clancy. The Tom Clancy fantasy is again and again about having actionable intelligence and then having the the authority to act on that intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is a very specific understanding of government agency that is like actually like I've often I've often talked about how I think a lot of conspiracy theory stuff is is naively utopian um, in that. But they posit a government that is way more competent than goes, any government that's ever existed. It goes one of two ways. One, yeah, <laughs> whoever whoever is doing the conspiracy is so much more competent than anyone has ever been. Or two, the other thing there is, it's almost always just like, if only we could get rid of this one bad guy or this this council of 12 shadowy figures. If only those people could be removed, things would be perfect. And there is something really strangely utopian and naive about that. In that they think that the problem is is uh, individual and not systemic, right? Um, yeah. it, it's not that that you know the economic the terrible economic realities that so many people live in is the result of like a long string of economic policies going back decades. Uh, it's it's those twelve bad guys. Um, and again, this isn't I'm not saying left or right here. I'm I'm saying like that is a thing that that is one way to consider the world, and that it's a very limited way of doing it. Um, and I think that kind of again speaks to to what you're saying about the division. Maybe almost wanting to needing to be a little more interested in being um, ambiguous about what caused the dollar flu and what and and what the motivations there were. That it isn't necessarily better because it's clean. Um, again, Far Cry Two kind of does that really well. I think it says a lot that both the division and Rainbow Six Siege are games about sort mm. of well directed by which I mean just well-honed, focused government power on a domestic front. Right. Right. We're not dealing with some threat to our country elsewhere. It's not some weird Russian terrorist or somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah, an unnamed Middle Eastern country. It's this thing where what these games want to present is a world where authority can legitimately sort of act without any type of impunity domestically as well, Mm -hmm. which is really uncomfortable because that sort of feels a little bit too true to the world we live in it's it's extra it's just it's extra uncomfortable because they don't engage with what what the problems of that authority really are until you get to the last man brigade stuff and then that isn't actually given enough breathing room and enough talent or not enough talent that's wrong uh, enough enough um just material to really to really work out the kinks of how how fallible any agency can be um it's 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 a frustrating thing because i think there's a version of the division that i leave going like oh my god they knocked it out the park and every now and then again you see uh, there are scenes where it's like oh the one writer in the room really understood this thing or that thing or you know again that, that's a complete uh, i'm personifying something that i have no idea if that's the case it could have just been this one line that the one writer wrote is really good um but like there's that line about about the rikers that the radio host says you know they're like, not all violent yeah you know most of those guys are just in there for possession like yeah someone understands how fucked the prison system is in america right now who is on that writing team good job uh i just wish that that sort of stuff had had filtered into the main structure of the game somehow in a way that it just didn't. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's just, so you're going back to play more division soon. Are you going to check out the raid when it drops? 
Oh gosh, I um, <laughs> I think I'm okay for a while. Yeah, I, I I reviewed Rainbow Six Siege for another site. I did the Division for another site. I think I've had my fill of this type of uh, fantasy for quite a while. It's weird because I I when I think about what I wanted from Destiny to improve, it was like give me more interesting firefights, like do more than just let me sit in a corner and shoot, but also, you know, and, and please integrate your lore more directly into the game. Cause when I read that stuff in the app, it's yeah, I don't want to really... go to bungee.net and right, read the grimoire, totally. which is the, sh- the stuff in there is actually really good. It's good. It's really good. Whereas here it's like, just let your writers, just let your writers like really give it a shot to make this way better. Let me know when the writing is better in the division because everything else I actually really like. And that's a weird thing to, to leave a game feeling right. Like, yeah, I, I could shoot somebody in the division. I go, I would go do a, a, a raid in that. Just tell me there's no writing in it or, or else tell me that the writing in it is really good because otherwise it's just, it's a tough thing to stomach. Yeah, it ends up being really harsh. You can only play it for so long before it really starts to grate at you. Or at least for me, that is yes. definitely the case. Yeah, it totally. it just starts to rub you the wrong way. Well, thanks for talking with me about this thing that is both kind of uh, makes us both uncomfortable, despite <laughs> us being able to recognize the things that it does really well. Uh, I was going to say this is a very cheerful conversation. I, you know, I think I think we both, like I said, I think we do both recognize the things that it does really well, and I, I wish that it meshed those things in even. In a really interesting way. Honestly, um, the most interesting and strong criticisms that are levied at games tend to come from a position of "I wish this could do more," right? And a and a position that says "I wish this medium could do more" than any position that's judging the politics in a, in a harsh, explicit way. It right. or at least for me, when I'm judging a game like The Division, it's because, like you said, there is opportunity and it's just sort of squandered. It's not "I wish this game didn't exist." It's "I wish this game did better." It's like "I wish they would have knocked this one out of the park instead of trying." trying to bunt and like that's that's I, I, my biggest we, frustration i want games like this to succeed i think you want games like I'm, this to succeed i think totally. most people involved with games want to see games succeed and I, I want people to keep taking chances and keep making you know i'm glad that this wasn't just another game where you fought uh, ambiguous eastern european or middle eastern terrorists like make new stories tell yeah. new stories do engage with the questions of 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 our modern anxieties that's how you get the good stuff but like you don't get it just by by leveraging that stuff you have to interrogate it you have to dig into it in a way that that you know maybe the format of just here are four bad guide groups isn't going to do it for you if all you can do is shoot them like so good luck to to the people who made the division i hope you i hope you keep working at it you have something here that is like it's okay, and I wish it could be great. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks again, Heather, for, for swinging by and, and chatting. It's uh, always awesome to get to talk to you, Austin. I love it so much. I love having these conversations, too. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yep. All right. Have a good day. You too.